Well, good morning. Welcome to Life Point. Thanks for being here today. So I try to be nice to everybody. I do my best. Even when a telemarketer calls. If you're a telemarketer, it's an honorable business most of the time. I understand. But the other day, I'm sitting on my porch swing, the place where I love to take naps in the afternoon. And this call keeps coming up persistently over and over and over again. And I'm thinking, well, this, this person must need me. And I answer the phone, and then they ask me if I'm happy with my cable service. And I listen to this. sound like a very young girl. She's very nice. And I, I said, no, I'm, I'm really happy with what I have. I'm okay. And then, you know, then she kicks it up to level two of trying to keep me on the phone. And I was like, ma'am, just let me stop you. I said, I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to buy this. I'm not going to upgrade. But I really hope people are nice to you today. And she said what? I said, well, I imagine people are really rude to you, and I just hope people are nice to you today. And she said, nobody's ever said that to me. Thanks. I said, you're welcome. I got to go. And I just hung up. (laughs) So when that happens, I have this choice, and I have this tension inside of me. Am I going to say the things I want to say, or am I going to say the things I should say? And so we're in this series called Forget You, and what this series is all about is how we have this desire in us to do certain things the wrong way. But God comes into our life, and he changes that and produces something new and fresh in us that gives us the ability to live different lives. And so we can only get there by forgetting what we really have this inclination to do and saying, no, how would God have me live this part of my life? And that might be very difficult. But when you say yes to God in your life, he comes into your life and your old self's gone away, this new self is created, and then God can produce within me something I cannot produce myself. When you say yes to Jesus, everything changes. That's one of our core beliefs at LifePoint, that Jesus changes everything. And he promises to produce new things in our lives that we could not produce on our own. And a first century pastor named Paul calls those things the fruits of his Holy Spirit. There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now. I want to read these fruits of his Holy Spirit to you as we move through the next week of this series. Just raise your hand if you like a Bible. It's free. You can keep it. In Galatians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul said these words. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And what we've been talking about over the last several weeks is that I cannot manufacture those things in any kind of lasting measure in my life. That God himself produces those fruits in me over time when I say yes to Jesus. And we've talked about love and peace and kindness and gentleness. And who doesn't want more of that in their life? I've never met anybody that said, got enough love, don't need any more of that. I'm okay with no more kindness in the world. Nobody would say that. But there's a couple on there that we save till the end because I believe they're the most challenging. They're definitely not the most fun ones to develop in our lives. 
Because everybody wants more love and joy and kindness, but how about a little patience and self-control? And I think for many of us, those are the hardest ones to allow God to produce inside of us because you know how you learn patience? Not by reading a book, not by listening to a message. You learn patience by having opportunities to practice patience. That sometimes isn't fun. You know how you learn self-control? Not by listening to what somebody tells you, but by looking in the mirror and saying no to yourself. And that sometimes is not pleasant. So patience and self-control are things that we all need in our lives, but are difficult to develop. The word patience, when you read it in the New Testament, here's what it means. To bear long, wait long, suffer long, long suffering, to endure. In other words, yuck. That does not sound fun. And the word word that's translated self-control, it just means the virtue of one who masters desires and passions, especially sensual appetites. I should have stayed on vacation another week because I should have just given this to one of the other guys to teach because these two fruits, I think, are the hardest ones to produce in our life because most of us aren't good at it. Most of us aren't good at being patient. Most of us are not good at self-control. Do you know someone who's really good at patience and self-control? If you had to name someone, you could probably all name someone right now. Oh, that person is full of self-control and patience. And when I was writing out this message, I thought, who is that? And immediately, my wife. She is the most patient person I've ever met. She's the easiest person. And if you know her, you know this, the easiest person in the world to get along with. Way, way back when we were dating, I realized that. And I told her, you are the easiest person I've ever met to get along with. And in my mind, I'm thinking, and I'm going to marry you. You don't know that yet, but it's coming. She lacks the ability to raise her voice. The kids and I laugh at her because when she tries, she still can't do it. When she's sick, when she's in pain, nobody knows. I mean, she can still like, you know, repaint the house with a headache, never say a word. Me, it's a little bit different. I let people know. It's like, I'm not feeling well, so I'm doing nothing today. And when it comes to self-control, you know, really, she should be doing this message instead of me. Because she can will something in her life, and it happens. I've never met anybody like it. You know how we get on a kick every now and then, we're going to get rid of processed sugar. Anybody ever do that? No more processed sugar in our lives. We're finished with it. We're not doing it. She says that, it happens. Three days in, she's still as happy as she was on day one. Me, three days in, I'm ready to punch somebody in the face. (laughs) I'm I'm not happy. I'm feeling groggy. And I'm thinking, it's sugar. It comes from a plant. How bad can it? Why are we denying ourselves this wonderful thing that God has put on this earth for us to have? And I'm ready to just give in and eat a Hershey bar. Like, now. Patience and self-control. They're connected because if we allow God to produce patience in us, self-control will come right along with it because self-control is all about waiting till the right place and the right time. So today I'm going to focus primarily on patience and share a few observations from scripture about this amazing product that if it's in our lives, things will go different. Now, it's a great question to say, You know, I'm a follower of Christ, and if God gives me patience, why don't I have it? 
If I'm a follower of Christ and it says the fruit of me following him is patience, I don't have it. I'm angry all the time. I'm, I'm on edge. Here's, here's, here's the truth about these fruits that we've been talking about. We have to learn to live in what God is currently producing in our lives. And when it comes to patience, the only way it's going to be produced in our lives is to have opportunities for that to be produced. And when patience is produced by God, it results in perseverance. When God produces patience in me, it results in perseverance. It, it, gives, a, it gives me the ability to deal with the disappointments that come in life. The frustrations that might come my way, the disappointments that are bound to come into everybody's life, patience will allow you to have the perseverance to deal with whatever life sends your way. Now, that's a big challenge in our world today because our world is really efficient. Everything's faster. Everything's better. What used to take 15 minutes now takes like 15 seconds. Those of us who are old enough remember, to remember Internet 1.0, it was quite different. It was just this little add-on novelty to your life that you use the telephone line. Some of you don't even know what that is. Phones used to be connected to a wire, and that's also how you got your Internet. It was a really novel thing. And so it was really slow. But as it got faster, it got more useful to where now the next phone you buy is going to be a lot faster than the one you have now. And the next one's going to be a lot faster than the one you had then. And so what that does, when we do things faster and faster and faster, it produces in us anxiety. It causes us to be impatient. You know, there's a reason we speak for 30 minutes or less or make sure our services are right about 60 minutes. Because unless we are blowing things up or kicking a ball or throwing it in a basket, it's not going to hold your attention. And that's not always your fault. Our world conditions us to have a shorter and shorter and shorter attention span, to think in shorter and shorter and shorter sound bites. Last week, I got to do something I rarely get to do. I sat right out there with my family through the whole service. So I get it. I understand how it's difficult to sit there and be focused and not have all these other things coming into your mind and trying to overtake your emotions. And so we make sure we compact things in as short of time as possible so you can, it can have maximum impact on you. Because our culture prizes speed and efficiency. Like, you don't even have to wait in line at Starbucks anymore. I, hate I used to drive by Starbucks, and even if it has a drive-through, I would see a long line and go, I can deal with a McDonald's tea today. <laughs> I'm not going to stand in line or wait in line. But now you download the app, and on the way there, you can pull safely over into a parking spot, and you can order, <laughs> you can order your drink, and you get there, and it's ready. It's efficiency. It's speed. Two-day delivery seems a little slow now. You can have it just in a few hours. In a culture that prizes speed and immediate gratification, how do you learn to be patient when the world around us says, don't be? If there was a way, wouldn't you want to know? Like, how can I develop 
something that's counterintuitive to everything the world around me is saying. Well, there's a king in the Old Testament who gave us some really good advice when it comes to patience and self-control. His name was Solomon. And Solomon was actually called the wisest man who ever lived. And here's what he had to say in Proverbs 14, verse 29, about patience. He said, whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. He's saying when it comes to patience, there's a lot to gain by learning how to display it in your life. And there's a lot to lose by being quick-tempered. Now, there's a couple of different kinds of people in the room. There are people who have uh, very long fuses. And there are other people who have very short fuses. So if you have a long fuse, uh, you're really patient, you wait, you listen, you consider uh, before you make decisions, you consider the impact of your actions before you make them. When somebody is being difficult, you just kind of wait and you wait because you know that somehow they're going to see the light. And you have a, you're what we call a very long-fused person. It takes a lot to get you upset. Well, then there's the rest of you. <laughs> this is who Solomon is calling foolish. The people who snap off like that, like they are mad and things are coming out of their mouth that you know never went through their brain, but it, their mouth is just working. And how many times, if this is you, have you gone to bed at night thinking, I wish I had not said that. I did not mean for that to come out that way. And we laugh at that. But how many feelings are hurt by people who won't allow their fuse to be longer? How many people are rude just because we say, well, they're just direct? Well, no, that's rude. You can say whatever you want to say. That's rude. So our goal is, if we're a short-fused person, how do we move from here over to here? That's where patience comes in. That's where self-control comes in. If I want to move from being a short-fused person that Solomon calls foolish to a longer-fused person, person he refers to as wise, then I'm going to have to exercise more patience and self-control in my life. Every day is an opportunity for you to be one or the other. Today is at lunch, in the afternoon, tomorrow morning for work, when you're sitting in traffic, you have an opportunity to be that or that. And that's going to determine how you react. There's a follower of Jesus named James. And James wrote uh, one of the books in the New Testament named James. And James was a very close follower of Christ. And he's writing to a group of first century followers of Jesus. And he's trying to tell them, uh, look, this is how faith really looks day to day. And so he talks to them about patience in James chapter 5. And he says these words. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Now what he's talking about is how to exercise just everyday patience. How do you deal with just the everyday frustrations that come into our lives? See, being patient is about how I respond to the things I can't control. 
when I'm cut off in traffic, when the long lines are longer, when somebody's difficult to deal with. And he's saying, look at this farmer. This farmer cannot control the weather. So what does he do? He works hard, he plants, he does what he's supposed to do. There's a lot of things in this world you can't control. In fact, before you go to bed tonight, it might be helpful to make a list. Things I can't control. Just write them all down. What are the things I cannot control? See, if you're a farmer, at the top of your list would be, well, the weather. I can't control the weather. But what can I do? I can plant. I can, I can study how to plant it just the right way. I can take care of making sure everything's all set up as far as it's in my control. But then when something is out of my control, he's saying the farmer's learned something. He's learned how to wait for that which he cannot control. So if you have a patience problem, you really have a control problem. The issue in your life is really not am I patient or not, but am I a control freak or not? See, the consequences of not practicing everyday patience are heavy. If you can't practice everyday patience, you know what's gonna happen when it's time to make a purchase and you haven't saved the money for it? And it's 90 days, same as cash. You know what you're gonna do? You're gonna buy it. You're gonna buy it and just go ahead and get in debt over and over and over again because you can't practice patience and wait. You know, if you're single and whatever, uh, whatever the age is, you think you shouldn't be single anymore, whatever that is for you, and you're tired of it, and somebody comes along and you're just thinking, I, I can't be single anymore. I, I just can't be single anymore. You'll do. You will do. <laughs> and you settle because you weren't patient and waited on just the right person who could compliment your life in the right way to hold you up in your relationship with Christ because you weren't patient with maybe the loneliness, the real loneliness that you felt, you're dealing with a very difficult relationship right now because you said, you'll do. You'll be fine because I don't want to be alone anymore. And if you're dating, especially you young folks, listen to this. And you're saying, I like this person. She likes me. I like her. Oh, man, this is great. And you decide to just keep pushing through physically and sexually and doing whatever you want and not be patient and wait till the right context, which is marriage. There's going to be a lot of consequences, potential lots of consequences, consequences to deal with because you weren't patient and you didn't wait. Or when you lash out without thinking and wishing you could pull those words back in after a relationship has been damaged. There's a lot of consequences to trying to control everything around you. And James is saying, look at this farmer. He works really hard at what he's supposed to do. But at the end of the day, he sits back and he goes to bed well rested because he trusts in God for the rain. And whether or not it comes has nothing to do with how patient or impatient he is. It makes no difference. The rain's coming when the rain's coming. So he just does what he's supposed to do and trusts in God for the rest. You know what will happen if you start to do that? Your fuse will get longer. 
If you start to understand, I'm gonna, these things I can't control, I'm gonna work really hard, but I'm just gonna let that go. You're gonna find yourself exercising more patience. And he goes on to talk about another kind of patience that some of you might be in the middle of right now. See, the enduring patience is the patience that just helps us with everyday issues. But then there's, a, there's another kind of patience that many of you might be dealing with right now, and that's enduring patience. It's patience that you have to exercise if you're praying for somebody that you know to come to know Christ. Patience that we have to learn to exercise in our life if we're dealing with a physical issue or we're praying for a child that no matter how right we've taught them and how great of a job we've done at parenting, when they got older, they made some really bad decisions on their own and we're struggling with guilt that we shouldn't feel and we're struggling with just wondering why does this have to happen? That's enduring patience. Or maybe, maybe one day you're just hoping that that addiction will just go away. And you've tried and you've tried and you've tried and you've put in all of your effort and it still hasn't left your life. And as many times as somebody can say, just stop, there's just something in you, you just can't. Enduring patience will get you through those difficult times. If you see no movement, you need to understand that God will produce enduring patience in you. Remember, patience means long-suffering. It means it doesn't always happen overnight. It means that there's a reason some of those things may still be in our life, just because maybe we need them or maybe because we're just in a messed-up, broken world. And it's not popular to talk about long-suffering and enduring patience today because our culture just says we do anything we can just to feel good. But if you don't get anything else today, understand that patience that's produced by God results in perseverance. To deal with the difficult disappointments and pain in life. Have you ever noticed that some people can get Something in their life, maybe a physical issue. They go to the doctor and find out something horrible and it wrecks them. It completely wrecks their life. And then somebody else can have the same issue, the same physical problem, and they become this beacon of hope and strength and words to other people who are dealing with the same thing. That's a long fuse versus a short fuse. Difficult things are gonna come into all of our lives. And so our choice is, do we allow it to make us bitter and angry and blaming God and wanting to get revenge? Or do we just become this example of what it means to stand up in the face of difficulty in a world that we know is already broken anyway? That's the difference between a short fuse and a long fuse. The long fuse looks for purpose and disappointments. The long fuse understands that one day you'll be able to look back and you'll be able to understand all that's happening to you. That one day, this is the promise of anybody who's a follower of Christ, one day you will be able to look back and understand why things are happening the way they happened. That's a long fused person. 
And a short-fused person gives up, gives in, and grows bitter. And when it comes to patience, we have to understand that our model for patience is God himself. He is the model that we have for patience. As he's producing it in us, he's the model. There's a mistake-filled guy in the New Testament that most of us can probably relate to. He did more things wrong than he did right. And here's what he had to say. His name was Peter, and he said this. The Lord isn't really slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. What he's saying is, we need to understand God is patient with me. My mother is 81 years old. And when she looks out at the world, she'll say, I just don't know how much longer the Lord's going to wait. And I said, Mom, I think it's going to be a long time because I think he's patient. And there's a lot of people that doesn't know Jesus yet. And he's going to be patient because he doesn't want anyone to leave this earth without knowing Jesus. See, God has a really long fuse. He uses it with you all the time. And me. And our mistakes. And he's waiting for you to turn around and say, all right, my life might not be perfect. I may not react every time the way I should. But I'm gonna say yes to Jesus because I need these fruits produced in my life. I need to feel the patience that he produces in me that I could never produce on my own. And so some of you, you keep coming to church and something draws you back here. It's time you just said yes to Jesus and let him start to produce all of those things in your life instead of you trying to do it unsuccessfully on your own. So which one of these measure your current level of patience? Which one? Long fuse, short fuse. I know what you're thinking. Have you read my emails this week? Have you been in the backseat of my car? Have you wired up and tapped my house so you can hear what's going on? Because this is a very real thing we deal with every single day. We all deal with it. And if you say yes to Jesus, God will produce patience in you. And patience produced by God results in perseverance in my life. And here's how you get there. It's one word. How do I get from here to here? Trust. You know how you learn to trust someone? You trust someone. There's no other way to learn how to trust someone than trusting someone. It doesn't matter how many long lines of facts, how many things can happen, what anybody can say or teach or you can read. The only way to learn how to trust somebody is to trust somebody. To trust God that he can produce through your relationship with Christ, patience in you that you could never produce on your own. Trust that he's working in you, building your character, helping you to learn what patience is. For decades, many, probably more than that, as Christians have been asked, what has helped you grow in your relationship with God and always at the top of the list? Adversity and waiting. And he wants to do something in you and there's no other way than you saying, I'm gonna do what the farmer did, but what I can't control I'm just going to leave that up to God, and I'm not going to let it mess up my life. 
So trust that God is working in you. And also trust that God is working around you. Because for some of you, that endurance, that persistent prayer, that persistent frustration that you might live with, you're about to have a breakthrough. You're about to have a payoff. You're almost free. And I, I would encourage you to lean into that supernatural ability that God has given all of us who say yes to Jesus to deal with it. Now, we say, I want it now. Like, you want patience when you leave here today. It doesn't work that way. If you've allowed yourself to get out of shape physically, it takes time to get back in shape, including going without sugar. It takes some time. And when it comes to patience and self-control, it doesn't happen just because you say, I want it to happen. It happens because you practice it. And you seize every opportunity to say, I am gonna do what I can do and I'm gonna trust in God for all the things that I cannot control, which is like 99.9% .9 of what's happening in your world. Even people who don't go to church have probably heard the name Billy Graham. And Billy Graham and his wife, Ruth, one day, they tell this story. They were driving, and they come across this uh, road that's under construction. And they have to go on this detour, and it's a rough road. And at the very end of the road, there was this sign that said, end of construction, thank you for your patience. Several years ago, Ruth Graham died. That statement had such an impact on her about how God is patient with us and how we should be patient with each other. And developing patience is a lifelong process. It's not something that just happens. It's a building process. It happens through a lot of practice. It happens through a lot of difficult circumstances in life. And when she died, this is what's written on her tombstone. End of construction. Thank you for your patience. Let's pray. God, we ask that you... Help us see that there's a reason behind all the opportunities for us to be patient. Whether we're a person that deals with a long fuse or a short fuse, that you help us to know that the patience you produce in us will help us persevere through anything that life throws at us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.